everybody. This is y'all heard. heard a podcast where me, Marissa Phillips, and me, Pete Phillips, are not related. And this is a show where we take a dive. No, no, no. We just take a dip in a pool of rejuvenation. And we've come out more energized from that and excited to share with you details on things that you may have heard about before, but like you're not an expert. And don't worry, because we're not experts either, and you won't leave an expert, but maybe you'll laugh at us trying to tell you some shiz. Pete's intro almost didn't bother me, but then he stopped himself and changed dive to dip, and for some reason that upset me a lot. I'm not sure whether dip I need in to... itself is upsetting, or stopping yourself to change it was upsetting. I needed to sh- like switch, because like with dive, you know you're like... All the way in, but with dip, you're like a little non. You're like you're more non-committal, and I needed people to understand that we're doing the best that we can. <laughs> I get it. I get and it. And some weeks some we're reason, just not committed. <laughs> for some reason, at that moment, it felt like, like, it felt like someone saying, "Like, let's go eat." Oh wait, I mean, no, let's no, go not no, the not the same. <laughs> yeah. So like. Someone being like, let's swim. No, let's dip. Anyway, <laughs> in other words, you saw you things you didn't know you needed to know. Pete, I made a list of things I wanted to say. So I'm going to start. Go through. Go. So go off, queen. What? <laughs> what? Go off. Go off, queen. Oh, what? <laughs> okay. So this is a how did you, how was your week? This is more about things that came into my life that came into all of our lives celebrity news that makes a big deal that is makes a big difference in my life <laughs> first and foremost oh my god i watched the red table talk with jada pickett smith and will smith talking about first of all she refused guys i'm just gonna actually step away for a while i will murder you listen so we know about all the august alcina bullshit right how he said he was in a relationship with Jada Pickett-Smith or whatever? I, they can't hear us live. Why? <laughs> I hate you. Listen! <laughs> yes? You know? I do. Okay. Like, peripherally. I must have gotten, like, one line or something. Stop hating. You don't know the point. The point is not this yet. I'll get to the point. Okay? Have faith in me. If it's, anyway. If it's celebrity news... My faith is already lost. Oh, shut up, Pete. Anyway, so first of all, it was just like rock of my world because they were so annoying. Because Jada Pickett-Smith in her dumb table talk show is always like, come to the table, tell the truth, be honest. Like, Where is this to, show? It's unlike fucking, oh man, it took a while for us to find it. Like fucking like, I don't know, Facebook Live or some shit. I don't know, something stupid. <laughs> Anyway, so Will Smith was like, well, I guess we got to practice what you preach. So tell people what happened. And she's like, well, I got in some entanglements. And he was like, entanglements? You mean a relationship? And she was like, yeah. So first of all, she refused. She kept refusing to say relationships. She kept saying entanglements, which reminded me of when Gwyneth Paltrow said she was consciously uncoupling instead of divorcing. But more importantly... The most important part where it haunts me. And sometimes I'm not thinking of anything and I just think of this scene. Basically, at the end of that, 
I've decided that Will Smith and Jada Pickett Smith hate each other and are miserable. And their marriage has been miserable forever. But what haunts me is they were like, yeah, you know, we really went through some ups and downs. We really thought that was going to be the end of it. But, you know, at, after all this, we realized, like, we're in it for life. We're life partners. So then, in referencing Bad Boys for Life, they said, we ride together, we die together. Then they fist pounded and said, bad marriage for life. And that upset me <laughs> so much. So much. And I just wanted you all to know that. That they said, we ride together, we die together, bad marriage for life. That was very important to me. Um, you know what? I had other stuff, and that was just so important to my week. So that's all I want to say. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, would you would you prefer that they just call it quits and be like, we hate each other? Well, first of all, I would rather they don't use one of Will Smith's old movies as a slogan for their marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh. Second of all. I don't know. They should break up or they should just be like, we're in an open marriage. They just made it seem even shadier. Also, Jada Pickett-Smith seems like a fucking bitch. (laughs) This did not make me think she looked like less of a bitch. Anyway. I don't know. I mean, I don't know either, but it's just a bummer. Because I was just like, wow, that's a bad marriage. It doesn't even pretend to be a bad marriage. Did they laugh afterwards? After they said yeah, that? Yeah, but they laughed in a sad way, like, ha ha, we shouldn't be doing that, ha 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 like that. Also, who said it? What? Who said it? Did they say Both it them. at the same time? It's like, I don't know, it's really weird, they timed it very well. I can't tell you who started it, but whoever started it, the other one caught on immediately, or they practiced it. Well, that's because they're life partners, Marissa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, that was upsetting. Oh, actually, I will I will briefly touch upon the other thing I wanted to say. There was I have, like, one thing. line, so you go nuts. Okay. <laughs> there was another thing that's celebrity news, so I'll wait till next week. But what I did want to say, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to, like, explain it well, but anyway, I had a Mandela Effect scare recently. It was a scare. <laughs> okay? So... This is a little confusing because you don't have a reference for this person. But there's this Spanish either singer or dancer or performer, whatever, that I heard the name of for some reason growing up many times. Edie Chacon. And I don't know whether my mother liked Edie Chacon or whether she was famous when I was a kid. But in my mind, like I've heard the name Edie Chacon like a billion times. Anyway, so in my family group chat, my cousin, who's a little bit older than me, but just by a few years said something like, oh man, uh, look at this lady. She looks just like Edie Chacon. And my mother goes, oh yeah, uh, actually she looks like Irish Chacon. And I was like, what? Who's Irish Chacon? So I said in the group chat, so you mean Edie Chacon? All my life I feel like you've talked about this performer called Edie Chacon. And my mother's like, no, I don't know who you're talking about. So it was gnawing at me. What? 
your parents are notorious for gaslighting you. Well, no, no, no. It makes sense. So it was eating at me, and I texted my cousin who said it, because I wasn't the only one, and that's why I was like, ooh, Mandela effect. And I was like, Edie Chacon is what we heard all our lives, right? Like, our parents listened to Edie Chacon, and she's like, yeah, I don't understand. Who's Iris? And, like, I even Googled it, and I whatever it was, I was never getting an answer. So I was telling my cousin about Mandela effect, and she was like, oh, my God, this does like, sound like Mandela effect. So I like I how you got mom. this far before you actually found an answer. What? Before I what? Before you actually found an answer. <laughs> well, so then, this was days. It was haunting me. I call my mom. I'm like, Mom, I know this is stupid, but I can't get it out of my mind. You said Irish Chacon, but I swear growing up, you used to talk about this performer called Edie Chacon. And she goes, yeah. And I was like, what? She's like, and I was like, I wrote Edie, and you said, no, Iris. And she's like, no. And I was like, Edie Chacon? She's like, yeah, Edie. And I was like, what? And that's when I realized Hispanic people pronounce Iris as Edie. So I thought it was E-D-I-E, but really that's just how my mother pronounces I-R-I-S. So we were all referring to the same person, but us young people who are not are not originally from Puerto Rico and don't know fluent Spanish, don't know how you pronounce Edis and that it sounds like Edie. So, sadly, it was not proof that there's an alternate universe. Did you follow my story, or was it so horribly explained? Uh, yes and yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, ah, this might be bad, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Okay, so how's your week? Oh, it's all right. I'm, I'm... Yeah, it's all right. On Monday, I had to leave the house twice, and I was kind of furious, so I don't know about this going back to work business. Yeah, I know. Seriously. I had to leave the house to go to work, uh, and then later in the day, I had a doctor's appointment, and I was like, my car is going to be, like, it's going to die because I'm working (laughs) too hard. (laughs) Well, yeah, I, if coronavirus... what was I going to say? I was saying a sentence that wasn't, didn't work. If I have to go back to work and coronavirus is still happening, I still don't know whether I'd take a lift or public transit. And both of them seem unreasonable. Yeah. Because a lift costs too much money. And that's what I used to do. But now I'm saving so much money. And public transit is like, what the fuck? You think I'm going to wake up earlier now? So, oh, okay. I thought you were talking about just everybody else being there. So, anyway. Icebreaker. Uh, Do you have an icebreaker? Yeah, it's not a great one. And uh, it's one of those ones I don't have an answer to. (laughs) Marissa, if you could attend or design or host a con, like a convention of some kind, what would be the subject of it? Victorian con, but steampunk people are not allowed. That's it. Immediately. And what, what's that look like exactly? Uh, there's Victor- people dressed Victorian. There are Victorian etiquette lessons, classes uh, talking about Victorian morning rituals. Uh, there's an <laughs> antique fair. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of people selling Victorian clothing. There's people selling, uh, well, like I said, an antique fair. There's, there's, um, there's fashion 
classes to help you dress Victoria better. Just all, all sorts of Victorian stuff. But again, no steampunk allowed. <laughs> oh, there's also a ball at the end where yeah, you well, have to dress sense. up to yeah. attend. Yeah. Uh, if you don't dress up, you can't attend. And, um, and there's a dress code to attend. You can't come in in jeans. You just can't. That's all. Um, I don't. I don't have an answer, but like, maybe we can find an answer. Like, maybe you can co- coach me to an answer. Um, it's not going to be BirdCon. Thank God, or else we're not friends anymore. <laughs> Mostly because that already like exists. <laughs> yeah. A two-day conference in Minneapolis designed to honor and celebrate stories about birds. You're interesting. How about DuckCon? Um, it only honors ducks. I am fascinated by the idea of, like, uh, business conventions. What? I've never gotten to go to a, like, a, you know, like, yeah, like a business convention. Do a publishing conventions count? I went to that. I know you did. Yeah, sorry. I'm not bragging. <laughs> no, I know. Not... That's why I said yeah. sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, but like, like if the paperclip industry had a convention, I feel like. Oh, I be... go to a paperclip convention. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but I, it'd be very specific what convention I'd want to go. I wouldn't want to go to any business convention. Uh, guys, I feel like this is just as as predictable as birds would be for me, but I think I want to go to the to like a Reese's convention. Oh, I like that. No, you wouldn't. You would bitch about what made you fat. Right? Yeah. And 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 I thought of that. I think I would have to be like, I'm gonna die at the end of this. So here's the situation, okay? And I know you don't want to hear this, Marissa. I know sometimes when things are sad, you go, No, Pete, I don't want to think about that. I get diagnosed with a terminal illness. Okay. <laughs> and I have like a month left to live. We're yes. going to a Reese's con. <laughs> Is this convention only for people with terminal illnesses? Nope. Nope. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Do we put poison in one of the Reese's? Oh, that's exciting. But then we might, you might kill somebody. <laughs> Are no, you talking about Reese's. assisted suicide? <laughs> yes. Are we going to use such this a good con- friend. You're such a good yeah. friend. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll keep this in our in the back of our minds as my in our arsenals for if 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 God forbid <laughs> anything were to happen. I don't want to die okay. in Reese's Con. For the record. Okay. Speak, speaking of pretending I might die. <laughs> okay. Today, Marissa and I are both going to talk about the simulation. Hold yes. on. Hold on. The simulation hypothesis. Okay. Here's the deal. Marissa, I don't know about you, but I definitely will. Uh, we may slip and call it the simulation theory. Hey, I've seen it both. But uh, nerds will tell you <laughs> that a theory is something that is based on scientific evidence, whereas a hypothesis <laughs> is just a guess at something that could be. <laughs> oh, shut up, you nerd. <laughs> so <clears throat> I feel like everybody must have heard something about the simulation argument before um so I, oh now it's an argument <laughs> i'll say this i um 
I think Marissa and I are creative people. Yep. Simulations are very effective and popular things. They're used in a variety of different um, uh, <laughs> businesses. I don't what? know. What? Industries. They're used in a variety of different industries. Uh, so scientists and like computer people for many years have made simulations in order to test like theories, ideas, trends, that sort of thing. So if you want to know, for example, how long a food supply will last in an area, you enter data about who lives there, how hungry they are, how much they eat, and eventually you have a data set that you can run in a simulation. Okay. If you throw in a variable like a flood that reduces resources, then you're sort of affecting that simulation. You could throw in a variable like a Walmart moves in, and now there's an increase in food availability. I do not want that simulation. Right, yeah. And that would affect the simulation. Um, so, oh, no, I actually like Walmart's just not in my, not in my hood. <laughs> uh, theoretically, each simulation has its own place, people, resources, relationships, struggles, loves, battles... You can hit a key. Did you say loves? Yes, I did. You, you can love. Oh no, it's plural. I do not think I agree that every simulation has its own loves. If it has okay. its own relationships, it can have its own loves. <laughs> it could. But, oh, I thought you said they all did. No, Marissa. Some of us will die alone, and Please, fuck up. you for bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> so. You hit a key... Just when you die alone doesn't mean you never had a love, but let's continue. Well put. You hit a key, all that stuff happens in an instant. But if you think about it, in that instant, everything that happens is huge. You could live a whole entire life in that instance. And that's where it starts to get spooky. Here's the thing. If you're not a creative person, then you just go, no, that's a data set, who cares? But if you are a creative person, then you go... Man, what about the people who died during my food simulation? You know, <laughs> and and theoretically, depending on why you're putting that information in there, you might find yourself going, "I should worry about those 300 people that died in my food simulation because they could be real people. And if they could be real people, then why can't they be real people?" <laughs> oh, that last part was all about tone. <laughs> that was. Oh, also face. Oh, I wish people could have seen the face you made. <laughs> Despite a long history of people theorizing that uh, reality is an illusion, the simulation... No! Oh, for some reason simulation is one thing, but an illusion annoys me. <laughs> well... Oh, my God. What? I mean, it's not that different. I know, but there's something about people who say things are an illusion that I hate. When you think of uh, reality as an illusion, then you can definitely tap into different uh, philosophers and ancient theorists and all that sort of stuff. But Nick Bostrom seems to be the guy who gets most of the credit for the modern idea of the simulation theory. His name is Nick Bostrom. Okay. This is... This is copy-pasted from Wikipedia, which copy-pasted it from something else. I do want to let everybody know today... I'm sorry, do you mean copy-pasta? Yes. When I looked this up today, Wikipedia said, hey, why don't you throw us a few bucks? I gave them $20. So, just for the record, 
I don't feel bad copying and pasting from Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. Okay, so this is direct from Nick Bostrom. Many works of science fiction, as well as some forecasts by serious uh, technologists and futurologists, predict that Ooh. enormous amounts of computing power will be available in the future. Let us suppose for a moment that these predictions are correct. One thing that later generations might do with their super powerful computers is run detailed simulations of their forebears or of people like their forebears because computers are so boring because <laughs> their computers would be so powerful they could run a great many such simulations suppose that these simulated people are conscious as they would be if the simulations were sufficiently fine-grained <laughs> if a certain quite widely accepted position in the philosophy of mind is correct okay then it could be the case that a vast majority of minds like ours do not belong to an original race but rather to people simulated by the advanced descendants of an original race okay it is then possible to argue that if we if this were the case we would be rational to think that we are likely among simulated minds rather than among the original biological ones. Therefore, if we don't think that we are currently living in a computer simulation, we are not entitled to believe that we will have descendants who will run lots of such simulations of their forebears. <clears throat> so, uh, so, I just want to say, like, when people think we're in a simulation, I'm like, one, who's running the simulation, two, why don't you believe in God? Interesting you should bring that up. Coming up in a bit. If you can believe that, I don't know why you can't believe there's a God. <laughs> the long and short of it, I guess, based on Nick Bostrom's position is, if you don't think that you live in a simulation, then that means that you don't think that humanity can raise the computing power to create a simulation. And I gotta be honest, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, am I supposed to care? I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> but there I barely are... like the internet anymore. You think I give a shit if we can make a simulation? I'm not sure. Did I sufficiently explain this? What? Th this theory? That if we think humanity is able to create a highly detailed simulation, then we might be the highly detailed simulation? Yeah. Okay, yeah. you said it back, so that should be fine. Yeah. Uh, see also The Matrix. But... Which, Where's by it? the way, if I was in the Matrix, I would have just stayed in the simulation happily. And I would have been like, actually, I didn't finish the trilogy. So, in the first one, I don't know what happened after that. Or Jesus shit, I never saw. <laughs> Marissa, you play The Sims, right? Uh, yeah. What do you... Because you've talked about it a lot on the show, so give us a quick summary. What do you like about The Sims? Oh, I don't know if I've talked about what I like about it. Um, I like creating worlds and dramas and right okay so you create worlds and dramas yeah what if you just created worlds what if i just created worlds what do you mean yeah and there was no dramas everybody got along no it's fucking boring economist robin hansen argues actually wait oops i'm sorry animal crossing yeah that's what i was gonna <laughs> diverge yeah. into but i thought no i'll let her go <laughs> in a form of sims where there is no drama fine not always drama. Unless your friend burns everything that you own and steals it. <laughs> Except the most drama that's happened recently is I kept it complete is uh, uh, an octopus kept calling me a sucker 
and I complained enough to resident services that he moved out of my island. But anyway, I like to create worlds and I like to create stories. Okay, is that better? That's fine. No, 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 no. You were fine with dramas. Okay. Economist Robin Hanson argues that a self-interested, high-fidelity sim should strive to be entertaining and praiseworthy in order to avoid being turned off or being shunted into a non-conscious, low-fidelity part of the simulation. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I'm so glad you did this part of the research. To pull this to a higher elevation, right? Uh, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, no, you only see part of the person on social media, right? Like, people are just yeah. projecting their best self. But if you're not projecting your best self and getting the likes and everything like that, then you become a non-conscious, low-fidelity part of social media. Yeah, okay. Hansen additionally speculates that someone who is aware that he might be a sim might care less about others and live more for today. Your mm-hmm. motivation to save for retirement or to help the poor in Ethiopia might be muted by realizing that in your simulation, you will never retire and there is no Ethiopia. The Truman Show? (laughs) (laughs) Mathematician Marcus Nowak has spent a lot of professional and discretionary time contemplating the simulation hypothesis. Quote, let's just say there is a future simulation that has perfected this, that has technologies that we don't know about, he says. Well, what are you doing? Oh, what you're doing at that point is computational physics. Your model no, like, world. What are you doing? <laughs> if that model is complete and we are actually inside of it, then we wouldn't know. In a sense, we can't know. There is no chance that we could look over the horizon and see that we are in a simulation. But other scholars, including the University of Maryland physicist Sylvester James Gates, says the similarity between the simulation hypothesis and religion itself uh, should be taken as a warning that we are off track. This is interesting. What? Science, as he said in a recent radio interview, has taken us away from the idea that we are puppets controlled by an unseen entity. The simulation hypothesis, he says, starts to look like a religion with a programmer substituting for God. Yeah. So, if we think about religion, one of the religions that exists is Matrixism or the Path of the One, a purported religion inspired by the motion picture trilogy, The Matrix. And in The Matrix, one way of knowing that you are in a simulation is by looking for anomalies or glitches in The Matrix. Are you going to talk about the Reddit board? And so I'm going to turn the mic to my friend Marissa... who is going to tell us about some glitches that may prove that we are in a simulation or not. (laughs) Okay. For some reason, there's a Reddit board where people just show pictures of glitches, and I'm just like, whatever. Okay. (laughs) So, I am just going to premise this by saying some are glitches, some some are proof quote-unquote proof. They're not all necessary glitches. It's a mixture of glitches and just evidence supporting this theory. Take a pause for a second, listener, and think to yourself, what would be something that would happen to me that would a thousand percent convince me that I live in a simulation? In one of the articles that I read, the person literally used the case of, you open a window and there's there's nothing there. It just says, 
you are in a simulation. Click here for more details. And then, you, then you tap the air in front of you and you read about how you're in a simulation. <laughs> I think that might be the only thing. <laughs> I like that though. Um, or I guess if like if the world froze for a moment, like a like a frozen screen, maybe. I can't remember. Um, I um, there's a bunch of movies that sort of work off of this idea. And I think the one I'm thinking of is the 13th floor. And in the 13th floor, they didn't have enough power to build out an entire world. And so there was an ending. And when you got to the ending, there was, like, nothing there. And you couldn't go any further and everything like that. But, yeah, like, the theory that the simulation is being built as you sort of explore the world around you. I don't know, man. It's pretty gets pretty trippy, dude. <laughs> I feel like I just saw a movie. Did we see a movie together about a simulation? We saw the Mandela Effect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which um, is, by the way, for free now, guys. You can go and see it yourself. <laughs> yeah, that was something. Uh, okay, I'm going to start by telling you how we got on this topic. I sent Pete part of a comment thread on, uh, on some article. Honestly, I don't remember what the article was. But I was so entertained by it, and then we decided to talk about this. Um, so the first commenter says, March and April each felt like a year, but June and July have felt like a week each. I have no recollection of May. And this new commenter said... <laughs> I like how said, this could have nothing to do with any article. <laughs> I think this article had to do with coronavirus. So then the next commenter goes, time dilation is clear evidence that the simulation is breaking down under the strain of too many mods. Remember when it tried to load the murder hornet's random encounter <laughs> and they wouldn't spawn? Won't be long before the whole thing crashes. By the way, guys, murder hornets are still a thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's not that they didn't load. It's uh, that we have that more... That strangely hornets. enough, we actually put black lives ahead of killer bees. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, they still exist. And I think Washington is just, like, gearing up for them. Anyway... From there, I'm going to talk about some quote-unquote proof. There are some things that I didn't even know were a thing, and there are some things that I can't fully wrap my mind around because I don't know anything about physics. So first, I was looking at a BBC article, and this piece of evidence uh, surrounds pixels and math. Quantum physics, which the very, very, very simplified uh, definition from the BBC is the theory of the very small has <laughs> thrown up all sorts of odd things when it comes to uh, being able to view uh, matter. For instance, both matter and energy seem to be granular. What's more, there are limits to the re resolution with which we can observe the universe. And if we try to study anything too small, things begin to look fuzzy. Um, oh, I, I referenced someone and without explaining who they are. Uh, I think it's a physicist. We've all been there. Root. Yeah. <laughs> says, uh, these perplexing features of quantum physics are just what we would expect in a simulation. They are like the pixelation of a screen when you look too closely. So, long story short, they are saying that there is a point where you kind of can't zoom in anymore on certain things. Um, 
So like like a like a picture on a computer screen. When you get too close, it just becomes pixelated. When you get too close uh, on certain like tiny 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 things, uh, they just become fuzzy at a point. And we are currently living in like 10K, and so soon TVs are going to catch up to as well as we can see. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a total limer, so that was I supposed to be a joke. <laughs> I didn't compute the words that were said were like nothing. <laughs> um, I listened. They just didn't go in my head. Okay. Um, and there was also an argument by, by physicists that say that the universe appears to run on mathematical lines, just as you would expect from a computer program. Basically, some physicists generally say that all of life and all of reality just boils down to mathematics. Now, another point that is kind of linked to that is two more that have to do with code or math. Okay, MIT theoretical physicist James Gates has made a discovery that this part of the sentence annoys me so much. Great. Uh, a discovery that allegedly caused Neil deGrasse Tyson to sit down in shock. Like, as if shocking <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson is, like, the biggest proof we can have. Like, like who cares? I can't stand him. Anyway, like, he's the smartest man in the world? Debatable. Anyway, now for the uninitiated... Superstring theory is a concept that could unify all aspects of physics if proven right. While working on his superstring theory, James Gates made an odd discovery. Gates claims to have identified what appears to be actual computer code embedded in the equations of string theory that describe the fundamental particles of our universe. In short, he found quote-unquote error-correcting codes the same error-correcting codes that you might find in the web browser you're using right now. Uh, so I'm just going to read something else that builds upon that, because in and of itself, I'm like, that just goes in my head and is meaningless to me. Right. Um, in 2017, a group of researchers at the University of Washington proved that they could embed malicious computer code into physical strands of DNA. Their aim was to show that computers working in gene sequencing, gene, uh, gene sequencing were vulnerable to attack. But they may have also inadvertently revealed that what we perceived to be biological reality was in fact computer coding all along. So apparently they could put a virus in a computer in the in the coding of a strand of DNA. You guys can go back to our CRISPR episode to learn more about that. Yes. <laughs> We've done a lot of episodes. Okay. <laughs> so those are the more scientific proof things. Which now we I'm gonna, don't give a shit about. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go to the... Uh, the uh, many people would say that the Ma- Ma- Mandela, what the fuck, the Mandela effect is proof of the simulation. Now wait, do you, do you remember it as Mandela? <laughs> no, I, I, I have problems. Okay. So, if you don't remember what the Mandela Effect is, it is something named after the fact that a bunch of people claim to remember seeing TV coverage of Nelson Mandela's death in the 1980s, even though he actually died in 2013. Or, more, I was going to say more importantly, uh, (laughs) okay, I'll just say, more importantly, I remember there being a cornucopia 
in the Fruit of the Loom logo. In the Fruit of the Loom logo. And James, James remembers a yeah. loom in the Fruit of the Loom. A lot of people remember different things in the Fruit of the Loom logo that were never there. <laughs> the Mandela Believe it or not, event. there's no fruit. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, there, there's definitely fruit. Okay. So people would argue, many people would argue that the Mandela Effect is supposedly proof that whoever is in charge of our simulation has been changing the past. I personally think it'd be proof of a glitch, not that they're actively changing the past. And just a couple more examples. Uh, people argue about the way Berenstein Bears was ever uh, spelled. And people, a whole bunch of people, believe in the existence of a non-existent movie in the 90s called Shazam starring Sinbad as a genie. So yeah, people say that that, that is um, supporting evidence. Um, this pretty much echoes what Pete said, but Elon Musk is a believer. Again, as if I'm supposed to care because Elon Musk is a believer, just tell us the theory. I don't care that Elon Musk believes it. <laughs> Elon Musk is a believer in Nick Bostrom's simulation hypothesis, which posits that if humanity can survive long enough to create technology capable of running convincing simulations of reality, it will create many such simulations and therefore there will be lots of simulated realities and only one base reality. So statistically, it's probably more likely we will live in a simulation right now. Further proof that we live in the matrix, according to Musk, is how, <laughs> is how cool video games are these days. <laughs> in 2016, Musk explained, 40 years ago we had Pong. Two rectangles and a dot. Which now, is great. 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D with millions playing simultaneously. I could handle Pong. I can't handle this shit today. I mean, I can handle it, but <laughs> maze. If you assume any rate of improvement at all, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality, even if that rate of advancement drops by 1,000 from what it is now. It's a given that we're clearly on a trajectory that we're going to have games that are indistinguishable from reality. It would seem to have follow that the odds that we're in base reality is one in billion. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> um, my, I wanted to find way more clowny examples, but I wanted to find clowny examples in good sources like I didn't want to go onto reddit and have people in the comments being like I think this so sadly I didn't have as much clowny examples as I wanted but I will end on the clowniest of examples right in February the New Yorker of what suggested that based on the insane last five minutes of the Oscars in of the previous Oscar episode uh, where Moonlight won but mistakenly they announced La La Land was the winner, that not only are we living in a simulation, but that simulation is broken. Um, that is idea. a publication that is publishing a story that says it is more likely that our entire existence is a simulation than, what was it, Warren Beatty? <laughs> Can't yeah. read. I know. Oh, my God. So, um, the idea was first put forward uh, by NYU philosopher David Chalmers. 
Uh, what is happening lately, he says, is support for the hypothesis that we are living in a computer simulation and that something has recently gone haywire within it. The people or machines or aliens who are supposed to be running our lives are having some kind of breakdown. There's a glitch and we are in it. Uh, extending from that, a lot of people also say that Donald Trump being elected uh, is proof of uh, another glitch. Because what the fuck? That's insane. That That's that not happen. a glitch. Yeah, but people are writing that. <laughs> um, like, like, putting it in computer language, that means like you no longer have a mouse or a touchpad. <laughs> Like, that's not a glitch. That's, like, a serious problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but as I end this, I will again say that the belief that a person, machine, or alien is creating the simulation we live in just, to me, shows that you believe in God because who created that person who controls us? Like, I don't, like, I don't know if some people are like, thinking this just proves a god but i'm like who 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 created that person who then made the simulation i don't know well following that path right if we follow follow ourselves back to the matrix which is a religious allegory in which neo is jesus then there's there's your god baby (laughs) (laughs) i yeah i guess wait um did you watch all the matrix movies it's been so long i've definitely seen every minute of the matrix trilogy but I definitely couldn't connect any of them. <laughs> All I want to know is what, how, the orgy fits. Oh, they uh, they get back to Zion, I think, okay. and um, that's where all the people who got out of the Matrix are, uh, or people who have lived their entire lives outside of the Matrix, and um, I think they're gonna. I don't know if it's that they're gonna go into battle or they're they're celebrating because people came back from battle. But basically, there's just like a big. Right. I wouldn't even consider it an orgy, but maybe I don't know. Does, just, does it seem to imply that orgy is the customary way of celebrating things? Honestly, it felt like like it looked more like a like a homeless rave. <laughs> oh, were they not all having sex? People just could call it an orgy i've never seen it i don't recall that part i recall uh neo and maybe Carrie it's the mandela effects yeah maybe, maybe some people maybe. remember it as an orgy some people it's remember a glitch it as a in the glitch of the glitch yeah. <laughs> are you ready for a mini y'all heard the dancing in zion was not an orgy the origins of this concept come from a time magazine article in which the scene was described as Zionists engage in a muddy but sedate orgy. (laughs) This article came out a few weeks before the movie, and every Matrix freak alike picked it up and started telling the world that we can all expect an orgy in Zion. And even though the scene was nothing more than 250,000 people dancing to drums, people thought in their heads, oh, this must be the orgy that I heard about. This is according to scottmanning.com. Yeah, so that's nice. Uh, whatever we may think of the simulation hypothesis, Bostrom thinks the mere act of pondering it provides a welcome dose of humility, which isn't a bad thing. Bostrom insists that he takes the simulation hypothesis seriously. Quote, for me, it's not just an intellectual game. It's an attempt to orient myself in the world as best I can understand it. Which is fascinating to me as a quote, because it's a person who's trying to use science to explain a world that doesn't make sense sometimes. Yeah. 
and again, it, it sort of changes the role of science, like the mathematician was saying. If you're trying to, it almost like you're giving science like a free pass for screwing things up. <laughs> huh? Okay. If it, like you don't see people in church on their knees damning science for taking away their loved ones, right? <laughs> but yeah, you do yeah. see people blaming God for that. And so, yeah, it is it is sort of a slippery slope either way, I guess. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I don't think I believe this theory, but if it, it's true, I'd be like, whatever, I don't care. Right. Um, I think I think that's a good question that we can give our listeners to walk away with. Call us at five seven zero podwad one. Tell us how you would change your life if you found out that you were in a simulation. Yeah. Um, I consider myself intelligent. I also consider myself creative, but like the possibility of technology is so lame to me, and I don't care. Like I wish, I wish we backtracked to when I was like twelve, and the internet was there, but it. It didn't have Google, and, like, it was slow, and it limited how much you could do on it, and it stayed like that for the rest of my life. I don't need everything at my fingertip speed, and I don't care. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are getting to that point, but um, industry, which always will end up ruling, yeah, <laughs> is, is heading in the other direction. One of the other things that kind of, like, peripherally popped up as I was looking at things... Uh, was the idea of participating in simulated worlds, meaning, I forget what movie it is, but it's it's a really obvious title. Bruce Willis, like, he's like in a, like, a, let's just, to make it, like, as simple as possible, he's like sitting in a recliner while something else is out there running around, and he's like living his whole life through it, you know? Uh-huh. If we got to a level like that, what do you think of that, Marissa? What do you, where I live my life online? Yeah, or like you could hop in and out of it, depending on... But then know. what's my base life? Well, like, like say your base life is what you're living right now, and then you come home from work and you pop on the VR gear, and you end up uh, living another life. I mean, that'd be cool. I guess that's comparable to me playing Animal Crossing or Sims, but it's like more interactive but i would fear that i would like it more than my real life yeah so i feel like i would limit myself how much i let myself indulge in that oh that reminds me of um the black mirror is that the thing probably yeah yeah, (laughs) just the whole series it reminds me of the whole series no like the episode (laughs) whatever um but uh yeah i don't know how about but again, like, I don't, I don't know. It all depends. It all depends on, like, do I still have my job now? Because I fucking hate looking at the computer all day. Yeah. And I'm not going to want to look at a digitized thing once I get home from work, no matter how cool it is. Like, okay, you get to build your own uh, reality or, or simulation or something. And it's, it's funny because it's so simple that you would be like, okay, I'm going to make a job where I'm going to get paid as well as I do now, but I don't have to stare at a computer screen all day. And yeah. I get to work with my hands and I get to be creative and I get to like shoot around ideas and stuff like that. And it's what's crazy is that in the real world, we don't reward that anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, if you go like, oh, I want to be a doctor. Oh, okay. Well, you get a lot of money. I, I don't know why, but you get a lot of money because like, 
you figuring out how the human body works is very similar to this person over here who figures out how an entire car works. But for some reason, we're going to give you more money about it. I guess because you work on people. Maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, would you want to be up in a simulation? All up in one? Right now, I would be. I think there's different parts of my life where I would and wouldn't want to be. Okay. But right now, I'm like kind of bored all the time because of, you know, pandemics and my yeah. job being kind of boring and annoying, albeit yeah. very busy. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, right now I would be. But, you know, like, you sent me a message on Instagram last night, and I didn't get it until this morning because I was like, I don't feel like looking at my phone anymore today. So I just put yeah. it on the charger and went you. in and read some Superman comic book. That thing I sent you on the Internet was so upsetting, I can't. Um, I think you already said this, Marissa, but like, how, like, if you woke up tomorrow and people were like, hey, are, like, you can't, you can't, right? You can't have the news just go, hey, everybody, we're in a simulation. We got proof. Yeah. Because then the question becomes like, well, who's running the simulation? Right. Yeah, of course. How yeah. much panic would that cause? That sort of thing. I know that this is a very pessimistic way to look at things, but, like, ultimately, Marissa, you still have food you have to eat. Uh, you still have rent that you have to pay at the end of the month. You still have utility bills that you have to pay. You still have a boyfriend that you have to maintain a relation. Not have to. That Did you I have to? Willingly oh, my gosh. <laughs> maintain a relationship with. Like, how much could things possibly be different? if you did discover that like for a normal person how much are they really going to be able to let that affect their lives but for a guy like elon musk yeah sure you know what drive your nebuchadnezzar through uh the matrix and start killing all the machines and, and shit like that yeah he can kill them and I'll, I'll wait for him to do that i want no part in but this simulation will fall apart as he destroys the people who are responsible for it it's yeah. elon musk he's probably like He's probably one of them. He's like some cell that fell off of one of these guys into our simulation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. And he'd get out there and he'd be like, no, I don't want to ruin anything. I just want to stay out here. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big fan of Elon Musk. There was a discussion about the about this simulation uh, hypothesis, and Neil deGrasse Tyson was a moderator, and Elon Musk was one of the speakers, and I was just like, I ain't reading this article anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. They're just all intolerable. I don't know why What's-His-Face annoys me so fucking much. You know why? Because a smarty pants always does. You know, because he's smug as fuck. As fuck. <laughs> Any anyway. final thoughts, Marissa, on l the world being a simulation? Maybe we live in a simulation. Still wear a fucking mask. I don't care, you bitches. That's my answer, okay? Is that your plug for the week? Plugs. <laughs> yeah, wear a fucking mask. Uh, I don't know if you saw that Philly was considered uh, at the top of the list of people who wear their masks. And I'm like, if this is at the top of the list, what the yeah. fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Anyway. Yeah, well, what, what about you, Pete? My plug this week is the WNBA, as it returns tomorrow. Woo! <laughs> On the 25th of July, the WNBA will be starting in the bubble. 
which I'm already tired of hearing about. What does that about. even mean? I don't know what that means. Speaking of a simulation. <laughs> what? So, Marissa, did you know that the, the NBA and the WNBA are coming back? I knew something, and I never bothered to read an article. And the way that they're doing it is they're saying, okay, players, you have to come to Florida, which is one of the most at-risk states right now <laughs> in terms of COVID-19. What we're going to do is we're going to take you into a facility, and you can't leave the facility. You can't bring family members. You can bring your spouse, but, like, you can't bring a bunch of people with you or anything like that, okay? Now, if you are Courtney Vandersloot and Allie Quigley, then you're lucky because your spouse is your teammate. But anyway, you are going to stay here for, like, I think a month or two, and you're going to play out an entire season worth of games. So the WNBA are playing games... I think five or six days a week. <laughs> and normally you play like three games a week. Wow. Um, and basically they're doing the other thing with uh, with the NBA. Um, and some people are opting to not participate. And okay. some people have health reasons that they're not. Some people have other reasons that they're not. Yeah, it's, it's weird. And basically you're going to be stuck in this bubble for the whole season. Wow. Now the NBA stopped mid-season, so apparently they're getting back together playing some games, finishing a season, like in, a, in an accelerated kind of way, and then they're starting the regular season in December. But anyway, the point is, I want to plug the WNBA returning on Saturday. You can watch a game at 12 on ABC, a game at 2 on ESPN, and a game at 4? And Pete just wants you to know he's going to watch all of them. On CBS Sports. Now... I do not have CBS Sports, so if you have a login, please share it with me. Otherwise, I'm going to watch it on WNBA League Pass because it's a one-time fee for the whole entire year. And what is that one-time fee? It's less than $20. And what does the NBA League Pass cost? Like, more than that per month. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, keep us posted on all the NBA, WNBA, um... Uh, updates. You got it. My teams also, this year are the Mavericks and the Sky. Okay. Mavericks? Isn't that an NBA team? You're right. The Dallas Wings. The Dallas Wings. Because it's a horse, like you would see in a Mavericks logo, um, uh-huh. even though a Maverick isn't a horse. And then you would put wings on it, and it would be a Pegasus. Oh. Okay. It's the Wings. It's the Wings, guys. Thanks, okay. Marissa, for the for the for the catch. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm surprised I caught it. Me too. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, what did I going to say? I don't know. Thanks for listening. Oh, call us at five seven zero five one one. Slide into my DMs at Risk Vandal. Uh, if you give to our Patreon, I will mail you something. Thank you to all of our Michaels for your continued support. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.